0: Good morning, podcast. I'm Chef Ben, and this is Food and Five, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. And this is everything I know about cheese. When I was growing up, cheese was mostly orange and firm. Occasionally, there would be a plastic cylinder of grated Parmesan, a block of mozzarella, or some cream cheese, but that was about it. It wasn't till I was in my twenties that I was really exposed to a greater variety of cheese. For a long time, even after I was introduced to all these different cheeses, I assumed I didn't like them because I hadn't really eaten them before. But as time went on and I was pushed into trying cheeses I had never even heard of, I realized that I had been missing out. I did like them. I loved them, in fact. There are more varieties of cheese than I can possibly name, and it isn't that surprising when you think about the fact that the history of cheesemaking dates back over 7,000 years. You can come up with a lot of different ideas and a lot of different ways to make something when you have 7,000 years to think about it. One of the really interesting things about cheese to me is that it is all pretty much made the same way and always has been. For all of those 7,000 years, very little has changed about the way we actually produce cheese. Yes, the technology has changed, the standards of cleanliness and quality have changed, but the actual way that milk is transformed from milk to cheese is pretty much identical To how it has always been done. Why cheese? Well like other things we love, bacon, prosciutto, salami, pickles, jam, cheese was originally produced to save a product over time. Before refrigeration, milk spoiled very quickly. Cows only really produce milk naturally in the spring and summer after they give birth to a calf, so there needed to be a way to save milk over the winter. Once cheese making was discovered, it became the answer to that problem. How is cheese made? At the most basic level, making cheese is actually a very simple process. Rennet, which is a complex set of enzymes that can be found in a cow's four stomach, is added to milk. This causes the milk to coagulate and separate into curds and whey. The curds are cut from and the whey is drained, and the curds are then usually salted and either put into molds to form and age or served fresh. Aged cheeses. As cheese ages the enzymes in the rennet and the natural bacteria in the milk, in modern cheesemaking, this bacteria often has to be added as a starter culture due to pasteurization, um, but it breaks down the lactose, which, as most of us know, is a sugar present in the milk, into lactic acid. So just to repeat that, as age, the, as cheese ages, the enzymes in the rennet and the natural bacteria in the milk break down the lactose into lactic acid. This makes the cheese more acidic, providing a different flavor than fresh cheese. On top of that, the lower pH from the lactic acid creates an inhospitable environment for bad bacteria. In the US, for example, it is illegal to sell cheese that has been made with unpasteurized milk unless that cheese has been aged for at least six months. The reason being that after six months of aging, the acidity in cheese is high enough from the acidic acid to kill off bad bacteria. How are different cheeses made? Originally, different cheeses came from different places. This is still true to some extent. For example, all the Parmesan Reggiano in the world comes from the same place in Italy. But truthfully, this is more for economic and cultural purposes than it is due to the ability to make that type of cheese anywhere else. Before starter cultures were developed in labs and sold to dairies all over the world, the cheese you made was very much dictated by where you lived and where you were selling your cheese. Let's use cheddar as an example of this. How Cheddar Cheese Became Orange In the spring and summer, Jersey cows in England would typically eat a lot of buttercups, yellow clover, and dandelions. This would give their milk a yellow hue. The milk that was produced at this time of year was sweeter and generally considered of better quality. The cheese that was produced from this milk would be yellow to slightly orange, and so everyone knew that the yellow or orange cheese was the best. Before too long, people were adding dye to the cheese to fake that yellow or orange color. We still do this today. The idea here is that the cheese that was made in this area was specific to that area because of the breed of cow and what they were eating. When it comes to aging cheese, historically at least, the same principles apply. The bacteria in the air of a specific region affects the cheese. What the cow ate and what ended up in the milk had an effect on the cheese. Even the temperature and the amount of moisture in the air had an effect on the cheese. The French call this terroir, and they, re- they refer to it uh, in winemaking and cheesemaking. Uh, in pretty much everything. You know, it's context. It's the context of the area that affects the flavor. The reason we have so many different varieties of aged cheese and why they don't all come out the same has to do with where they come from originally. Fresh cheese. A lot of the same principles that apply to aged cheese apply to fresh cheese too. The temperature, the amount of moisture in the air, the quality of the milk, this all changes the flavor and texture of the cheese. Fresh cheeses are usually eaten within a few days or weeks of production because they aren't given the time to develop the same amount of lactic acid as aged cheeses. Fresh cheeses can be spoiled very quickly. Soft cheese. The difference between hard and soft cheese really just comes down to how much moisture has been removed from the cheese. How much the cheese has been pressed, the more a cheese has been pressed, the tighter the curd will be and the firmer the cheese will be. Molded cheese. cheese. Moldy cheese falls into three categories, interior mold, exterior mold, and rotten. Interior mold. We generally know cheese uh, with interior mold as blue cheese. Mold, generally in the form of mold penicillium, is injected into the cheese as it ages or kneaded with the curds uh, as the cheese is formed. This cheese is then left to sit in a temperature and moisture-controlled environment, that is ideal for the propagation of mold spores in the cheese. This gives cheese a distinctive flavor and smell. Exterior mold. Some cheeses have a white mold rind like brie. This forms naturally. This white mold can often be seen on the exterior of aged salami as well. It is a perfectly healthy mold that won't hurt you at all and is actually beneficial to the cheese and salami. Rotten cheese. If you have cheese sitting in your fridge and it grows green or black mold, Say goodbye to it. Don't cut the mold off and eat the cheese. Research has shown that surface mold is not just surface mold. It stretches like the roots of a tree under the surface and can make you really sick. So if you buy cheese that is supposed to be moldy, that's good. But if you buy cheese and it goes moldy, that's bad. Having said that, some aged cheeses, like Parmesan, will actually get a green mold on the outside as it ages. But... It doesn't penetrate the rind. So this mold can just be washed off. So cheeses with a thick mold if they or a thick rind that are still completely sealed, if they have a green mold on them, it's fine. Just cut that off. But if it's a cheese like cheddar that goes moldy, get rid of it. Other types of cheeses. There are literally thousands of types of cheeses out there. As I said, they are initially pretty much made the same and left to transform over time. Some are left to develop mold, some are pressed to make them firm, others, like feta, are left in a brine to preserve them, or washed in a brine like Parmesan. Some cheeses have long traditions, and some are brand new. The fact is that cheese and humans go way back. We've been friends for a very, very long time, and although production technology may change and our understanding of the process of making cheese at the micro level increases, the cheese itself is pretty much unchanged. So, too, is our relationship with it, and love for it bonus fact if you've ever eaten hard cheese like parmesan or beamster and you notice crunchy or crystallized bits those are just crystals of salt uh, these form as moisture evaporates so there you go i'm chef ben this is food and five brought to you by how to not burn shit.com your modern culinary manual on this lovely friday morning and this has been everything i know or at least a large majority of what i know about cheese You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ChefBenKelly and on Facebook at BenKellyCooks. Of course, you can like and subscribe to the podcast. You can tell your friends about it. You can rate it. You can do whatever you'd like with it. Uh, And as always, thank you so much for listening. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. Um, I love you all very much. I hope that you all have a tremendous weekend. I didn't know what I was going to say there. Tremendous. We'll go with that as the word of the day. I hope that you all have a tremendous weekend. I will be back on Monday with another fantastic episode of Food in 5. And Monday, as you all know, is 30 minutes or less day. So we'll do a recipe in 30 minutes or less. I will see you then. Have a great weekend.